Oh yeah. Welcome to the goddamn shit show that is really man. I'm Peaches. Welcome back. Uh, apologize for last week. I was on oxycodone and I had no biz recording. So this is uh, week one, take two. And we're going to go straight into it. Not fuck around, not be around the bush. So who am I? Well, I go by a lot of names, titles, dad, husband, fago, which we're going to talk about later on in uh, episodes when we get to that point. Peaches, Austin, whatever you want to call me, I'm that. So, who I am is kind of like a hard thing to talk about with most people, and we're going to talk about why it's so hard to talk about yourself. It's more kind of people that aren't narcissistic assholes like myself, they uh, they have a hard time doing that because their preconceptions of themselves are either low self-esteem or they're not on their hot girl shit like I am. So... That's something why people kind of have a hard time talking about ourselves, and people always assume that the reason why I don't want to talk about ourselves is because they are just boring as fuck. Like, people that don't really associate themselves with anything else. Like, I always go to the question, well, what do you do? And I've asked this to a couple of people that um, I'm colleagues with in my professional life. And the first thing they say is, like, oh, I'm a fucking mechanic or I'm a whatever, whatever they are. And that's, uh, that's something that you kind of got to change your mind to, is what do you do? So, like, when people ask me, what do I do? I tell them, well, I drink good fucking liquor. I smoke cigars. I'm a, I'm a father. I hang out there. I play golf. You know, I diddle my wife. I do all this, that, and whatever it is. Because who I am is not what I do. That's... That's just a twisted mindset. Like, I always tell my wife, Madison, that I'm not a mechanic. I'm just some fucking dude who likes airplanes. And that's why I tell this, airplane, uh, this episode I like airplanes. Because I fucking love airplanes. Airplanes are cool. They go fast. They fly fast. I can blow shit up or, you know, they can take buildings down. But that's a different type of topic. So, I am just your regular ass dude talking to you on a software whatever I got mixed pad for free it's not licensed it's not commercial use so I'm not making money off this because who the hell wants to pay me to listen to me talk I, I wouldn't pay for that shit unless there's some rich asshole out there's like oh hey we're gonna advertise on here because you have a hundred people listening to you which I have six people listening to me thank you to those six uh one of them's my wife so really five because that's a given I'm gonna get at least one my biggest supporter and my boyfriend at work, you know who you are. I'm not going to say your name out here because we didn't talk about that. But another thing, too, about who I am is it took me a long time to learn this. It's father shaping young adults, too. And I didn't learn this until I've, I'm about one year into my father. My dad really shaped my adulthood because if I didn't listen to him in my late teens when I was going to enlist in the military, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I think it's important that all of us listen to our dads, take time to appreciate what our dads have to say and go from there. And that's kind of who I am in about four or three minutes summed up. That's kind of where I'm at with that. But if you really want to get to know me, I don't. I can talk about more on a podcast. Maybe I'll have someone come on. We can shoot the shit. 
I might have my wife on. I've been asking her, but, you know, she's kind of a punk ass when it comes to that, and she's in the living room listening to me. Call her that, which, you know, hey, you are one, Madison. You're welcome. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, an update on my ass, too, for anybody that really cares about my ass, which you should because it's juicy and lovable. My surgery, which I talked about last week when I was high in painkillers, and you probably couldn't decipher anything what I'm saying, it's like a valley. So, like, picture, like, the Joker's face, like, that scary ass, but going from my asshole and out. And that's kind of what it looks like. Like, if you were to touch Heath Ledger in, like, Dark Knight 2008, great movie, go watch it. You would feel that on my ass. So, like, I don't really have anybody that's close to me except for me, Madison, and maybe my boy toy that'd want to get in there and finger my crack. But it's, it's kind of weird, and it's kind of tender. And if you're thinking, well, how do you take shits? Well, I take shits like a normal person, man. It's normal. But uh, I talk about my ass way too much at work. It's kind of weird. Like, I know a lot of dudes love my ass. Don't blame them. It's great, juicy, gay man's dream, hands down. So, like I said, who I am, I'm just going to recap it. It's hard to talk about yourself because either you're a depressed asshole or you love talking about yourself like me because you're a narcissist. The question, what do you do? If you ask that question, what do you do to people? It's such a great opener. Because you really can see, like, where's their mindset at? Like, Greg, I hear you, buddy. It's like, do they consider themselves just, like, a cognitive machine? Or do they actually have, like, things going on up there? Bud, you are pissed. Holy hell. So, like, the, the Apple thing, right? So there's, like, the Apple test you can do. It's like, ask someone, what do you see when you think of the word Apple? Like, I tell you, imagine what an Apple looks like. Like, is it just blank? Is it kind of, like, shaped? Can you see color? Can you see, like, vivid details? That really knows who you're, talk who you're talking to. Like, if they tell you, oh, I just see a blank image, get the fuck away from that person because there is not a light bulb in there. The hamster wheel is turning the wrong way. Matter of fact, it's probably not even a hamster in there. The hamster's probably dead. Get away from that person. They are an NPC. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of my cocktail, which we're getting into here in about 30 seconds. So... Really think about, when I say who I am, think about who you are. I'm going to leave you that with topic one for the week. And with that out of the way, we are going to go right into the most accredited by myself part of the show. That is the cocktail of the week. Now, I'm flipping back to my notes from last week that I took in my uh, dizzy spin. Uh, the last cocktail of the week was a Manzarita, so go check out last week's episode if you can stomach... Uh, me listening to my babbling when I'm on opioids that don't make you shit, by the way. I didn't know that. So just be aware, Manzarita, it's great cocktails, tequila, apple cider. Go check that out. I'll maybe make a drink, post on Instagram, which I'll do my accreditations when we get to the end of this. But Cocktail Week is The Godfather. And where this cocktail comes from is actually the movie The Godfather. And that's what they are drinking. So uh, if you want to check that out, Go ahead and read up on it. I'm not going to go into that because I just do the cocktail of the week because I fucking love liquor and you should too. Unless like you shouldn't be drinking, then don't drink. As always, please drink responsibly. I'm not responsible for your actions or decisions. I just want to put you on the right path to actually drinking like a goddamn king. So anyways, The Godfather. This is two ounces of scotch or bourbon, one ounce amaretto. Whoa, what the fuck is an amaretto? Well, I'll tell you. Thanks for asking. Amaretto is a liqueur, which most cocktails are always mixed with liqueur. It is 
I'm reading the bottle right now, so bear with me. It's an original Italian product, so it's in Italian. And I'm trying to give you some information about what this is. I'm just going to read the Italian. It's a unique liqueur produced by the infusion of Amaretti del Chiristro, or the fuck your Hispanic chorizo de Serrano. That says cookies, I shit you not, on the back. Uh, it's produced and bottled by Paolo Lazzaroni in Figli via Gorzia Serrano Italia, and it has a bunch of other shit you probably don't care about. But anyways, Amaretto, you can find that bottle. It's going to have a red label, and then it's going to have like an orange circle on it. It's going to say Lazzaroni Amaretto, 1851 in the middle. That's the Amaretto you want. It's delicious, smooth, blends really well. There's a lot of cocktails you can make with it. Uh, a couple of ones, the Amaretto Sour, Italian Sunset, Lazzaroni Spring. Uh, this is also good for Coke, coffee, even ice creams. If you're a guy that likes sweets and you like liquor, like me, you know, put Amaretto over ice cream. But we'll get back to uh, cocktails. So reiterate, two ounces scotch, one ounce amaretto, and you're going to garnish with orange peel. So how to make this? I didn't really go into it last week. I'm actually drinking this cocktail now. It's one of my go-to cocktails, easy to do. You're going to take a standard shaker, which is the one you see like, oh, the James Bond one. It has that weird, funky kind of like, kind of looks like a vase going up, and you round out in the middle, and it has like that cap on it, splits apart. That's the shaker you're going to use. That's a standard shaker. And then uh, you have a Boston shaker, which we're going to talk about a little more next week. We're going to talk about barware when you make your cocktails. But right now, you want to put ice into uh, the standard shaker. Two ounces of that scotch, one ounce of amaretto. Shake vigorously for about eight to ten seconds. Any more than that, you're just playing with yourself. Don't be a weirdo. And you're also going to have your old-fashioned glass. I recommend chilling it. Always have an old-fashioned glass chilled in your freezer. Don't be a cuck. Have one chilled. And then you're going to use a whole ice cube. Now, the reason why I say use a whole ice cube is because when you have multiple um, things of ice in there, it can dilute your cocktail. A whole ice cube melts much slower than multiple ice cubes do because it's a bigger block. And you can buy these at any liquor store, uh, grocery stores, Target. Go down to the Target. Go to the... Uh, whatever aisle, like container aisles and all that stuff, the cooking aisles, you'll find like cube bowls. You should have it. If you're a serious liquor drinker, you should have that in your freezer at all times ready to go. Excuse me while I take a sip. So then you're going to pour that. You're going to pour your um, cocktail in, garnish the glass, and then you're going to take your peeler, peel up that orange, and you're going to kind of rub, twist that orange peel a little bit back and forth. Don't break it. You're going to activate that orange, put it in, rubber on the glass, and go. So the reason why you do that, or like you're activating mint, is when you make a cocktail, you really want to get the aromatics going because your nose has much more to do with your taste than your tongue does. So, for instance, you whenever you um, smell something, you say, oh, this smells spicy, because you're right. If something smells spicy, it's probably going to taste spicy. If something smells sweet, is going to taste sweet. So... When you do that, be very aware of your aromatics. And there are a lot of recipes you get. Uh, I have a couple of bar books I use, which I'll share. Uh, I have the Bartender's Book, which should be right here. This is the Ultimate Bar Book, Comprehensive Guide to Over a Thousand Cocktails. Uh, middle, Midi Helmich, which I don't even know what the fuck that is. He wrote this book. Uh, this is my personal book. I've had this for about three, four years now. I have sticky notes all over it. It's just covered with recipes. It tells you all the barware you're going to need. I also have a 
uh, QR, or QRG, quick reference guide for uh, my other cocktails. They're kind of more basic. They're not as advanced as some of these are because some of these, like, I'm just going to flip through it and we're going to go three, two, one, stop. So a foghorn, this is gin, lime juice, ginger ale, ginger beer. A lot of people don't know what ginger beer is. So maybe next week I'll make a Moscow Mule or something. We can talk about ginger beer a bit more. But that is your cocktail of the week. Uh, go try it out. If you know who I am in person, text me. Uh, I'll plug my Instagram in at the end that I made for the podcast. Shoot me a DM. Tell me what you think of The Godfather. Drink it while watching The Godfather. Do something. But don't just broaden your horizons. Just say that. Don't be a sack of shit. So next topic we're going to go on to now, which is one of my favorite things. The reason why I told this episode I like airplanes because I like airplanes. I like talking to airplanes because I'm an airplane mechanic. And we're going to talk about aviation for probably a good five to ten minutes, however long I want to stomach for until I sound like a dumbass. So I watch like the uh, YouTube videos, Air Disasters, they're like Nat Geo, and they basically go off of, uh, what is it, However, how the aircraft crashed or whatever led up to the aircraft crashing, whether it be the pilot, the uh, maintenance that was performed on it, or whatnot. But aircraft never just go down just by one mistake. They can, but it's so rare. There's usually something called the Swiss cheese effect, like whenever your Swiss cheese holes line up, you see it perfectly, you see everything clear. Um, that means it tells you, okay, all these holes led up to this happening. So for instance, say, okay, I'm a maintainer. I said I need to grease this point. Okay, I just signed it off, the action that I performed. Sign it off, sign it off, never grease it. Now let's say the aircraft goes flies. There's no grease in that joint. The joint fails. They go to land or they go to actuate a landing, uh, excuse me, a flight control surface. Now all of a sudden it's not working, aircraft can't be controlled, goes down. There's always something that leads up to it. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, and in aviation, there's a lot more responsibility in that trade than I would say, I'm just ballparking here, I'm not an expert in other trades. I wanna say probably 70% of other trades because every day you see an airplane in the sky, at a minimum, I would say at least at least 200 people have had their hands on that aircraft, maybe more. And when I talk about the aircraft, I'm talking about the logbooks as well, which are all kept with the FAA. There's a lot that goes into airplanes, people. Like, more than you probably even think about. So even to make aircraft parts, they have to be stress-tested. They have, they have to be legitimate parts because aircraft have fallen out of the sky from phony parts because they're not heat treated correctly, they're not to the proper spec, they're not the correct shear strength. And that, that's, it's kind of scary to think about every time you got an airplane, because even then the Boeing Max 9, uh, it was that January 5th just went down because the door plug failed. And I, I'm on a forums all the time for aviation maintenance because I'm a fucking loser and I really don't have friends. Um, because these people are just saying, like, people are coming from mattress factories as quality control inspectors. And that scares the shit out of me. Because my mom was flying to Hawaii on Sunday. And I was telling her, I was doing laundry. I was telling her, like, if you're on a Boeing, just get the fuck off of it. Because Boeing is just dog shit. Ever since it got taken over by McDonald uh, Douglas, they did the merger in the 90s. And it's just been shit ever since. And it sucks because Boeing is, like, when you think of Boeing, you think of, like, the premier aviation. Not anymore. 
not for commercial aviation at least, because commercial aviation is dominated by the Airbus now from Europe. Those Europeans can make a fucking airplane, man. Like, even the, I think the Arabs use the Airbus now too, and if the Arabs are using it and they're pipping them out, they got a product, man. So, just be aware of your Boeing aircraft that you're flying on, because Boeing is going in the shitter and fast. And that is just my opinion, that's no one else's. That's what I see and feel and believe. And if I ever get a job off from Boeing, hey, I'm going to take it and I'll retract the statement. But man, you guys need to get your shit together. Because you are killing people and you're not taking responsibility for it. So, that's kind of how I feel about aviation right now. Um, you know, that's aviation, if you work in it, it's not your typical environment. If you're a trade worker, a blue collar guy, you know exactly how that's going to go. There's people swearing at each other, calling each other names, you know, racial slurs, like... If you were to hear some of the trade talk, people are calling each other slurs all the time. As a matter of fact, it's offensive to be offended by racism in the trades. And I, I stand by that. Because when you work with a diverse group of people, you get different parts. Like, that's how you, that's how you just get rid of racism. You just stop giving a fuck about it. Like, people say, oh, that's racist and offensive. It's racist for you to say that, man. Like, my best friend at work is black. I love that dude to death. Like, I would invite him to my first kid's birthday party. And I, 100% him and I worked together. The best I've probably worked with anybody in aviation before. Him and I just click. Like, I'm telling you, like, get rid of racism. Make fun of it. Put it down. Belittle it. Like, go in the South and just say, oh, you're an idiot. Look, oh, this and that. Like, embrace it. It's here to stay. Who cares? Stop talking about it. Or do talk about it. Just consider each other a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And that's that. And that's the kind of environment you can get, just people talking shit to each other all the time. But it's also one of the most stringent environments I've worked in, too, because you have to be on your P's and Q's. You have to know what you're talking about. You have to just know everything, every little last detail. Did I even, did I screw this correctly? Is it cross-threaded? Did it work correctly? Did I put oil in? You have to make sure you're on it. And even though it's a bunch of fucking idiots that you work with, they're some of the smartest people out there because they made sure that even if you're commercial, they made sure that what's going to fly over you isn't going to crash into your home and kill your family. And that's some real shit right there. So every time you see an airplane in the sky, you really got to think, did this guy do his job correctly? Or is that going to fail in the next year, day, hour, whatnot? So I have a better appreciation for aviation when you see airplanes, even at the airport. You know, military men. You know, I did this since I was 19, 18. I'm 27 now. There's guys that have been doing it way longer than me, know way more than me. But I feel like I know my shit, at least on the airframe side. It's a hard, hard job. So it's not as hard, I would say, construction. You know, we got kind of cush. You work in a shop and you go out the flight line in a while, but you're out there welding, getting your shit pushed in. But it's hard. It's very stressful. You got timelines, people that are press whatnot but that's what i'll leave you with about aviation if you want to know about more about aviation dm me hit me up i'm going through at least going to be starting amp uh, airframe power plant i know a really good couple of uh, airframe power plant workers that are on top of their shit they know what they're talking about cool dudes i'd love to talk to anybody about aviation or anything on this podcast for that matter i'm open i don't care even if you're a vet you're struggling i'll talk to you so with that note, we're going to move on to story time. Uh, I beat aviation a little bit more uh, later on when we talk about it. 
But this is the story of the time I shit myself at the San Diego Zoo when I met my in-laws for one of the first times. So uh, buckle up, bitches. If you heard the story before, I'm going to try and go a little more detail than I have told it. And I'm going to take a sip of my drink here, and we're going to do story time. All right. Here we are. So it's about 2018, maybe 2017. I don't know. And I met my lovely in-laws for the first time, uh, Brian and Marcy. Marcy's a fucking character. If you met her, you don't understand this story. <laughs> so, so they're here for Christmas, and we're all hanging out. You know, whatever. They first time like in San Diego, and they're like, "Oh, we want to go visit." Uh, the San Diego Zoo, which is awesome. The San Diego Zoo is awesome. It's hilly. It's kind of a trek to walk. So you really got playing your San Diego Zoo trip, so you were planning on going. And we'll walk around the zoo. Oh, we're actually not in the zoo yet. We're actually driving around. So a thing about my mother-in-law is, love her to death. And if Marcy ever listens to this, I'm sorry, but you are terrible to drive with. Terrible. Oh, my goodness. You put your husband through the ringer. That man's going to have a heart attack, girl. Like, I love you, but damn, girl, chill out sometimes. Like, so she gets anxiety in the car, like, terribly. Like, for instance, my wife got, got back from the East Coast mid-December, and she was telling me, like, oh, yeah, with our semi-trucks, we have to be behind the semi-trucks. They're doing 45 in winter conditions behind big-ass trucks. And she's like, oh, no, watch out, this and that. Like, terrible. Like, oh, she has, like, panic attacks. It's awful. So they're driving around the parking lot. Seattle Zoo, and we didn't expect the zoo to be this crowded, but we're driving through the parking lot. There's nowhere to park. I mean, fucking nowhere. And we're going up and down the aisles, and she's losing her shit because every little car that backs out, it's just like freaking out. She's like, whoa, whoa. And me and Madison always joke, and we're always like, Brian, Brian, oh. And so she's freaking out in the back. I can see it. I'm sitting in the front seat with Brian. I can look at him like, this is like the second or third time I met this dude. I can just see on his face the fucking boiler is getting pressurized like he is getting red that's just like marcy shut the fuck up just snaps her like oh god here we go and i just remember sitting in that car like most stressed i've been in a long time like being working on airplanes is stressful but like dealing with your in-laws for like the first time and not knowing like the nuances of like how to talk to each other what to joke and what i joke about that just immediately put me on edge because i'm the outsider my wife's in her comfort zone and i'm the only dude just that's not really fitting in, and I just remember, like, going, like, damn, how the fuck am I going to deal with this, but whatever, so finally found a place to park, and she's exhausted already, and the day hadn't even started yet, and mind you, we go to the hockey game after this, too, the San Diego goals, so, like, this day is going to be long, so we're not going to go home until, like, 9 o'clock, keep that in mind, around 9 p.m., 10 o'clock, keep that in mind, so... We finally get in. I get in because at the time I was active duty. Active duty gets in freight San Diego Zoo. So I cruise in. I'm like chilling. I'm like cool. Wait for everyone to get up there. And they're on edge already this and that. And I just, I don't want to deal with it. I'm like fuck it. So it's my first time at the zoo. And I'm walking around. And I see they got beer. And I'm like superb. Fantastic. And if you don't know this about San Diego. You're kind of an idiot. But San Diego gets warm during December. Like the average is probably like 70 so it's a great day for a beer. So I go grab me some beer and I'm double fisting beers. I'm like, cool, cool, pound them. I lose the group, but I'm like, whatever. I don't really care. Mind my own business, walking through the zoo, walking through the zoo. And I'm thinking, huh, you know what go really good right now? 
two more beers. Now, a little backstory of this, at the San Diego Zoo at this time, the pandas were there from China. Now, if you don't know about panda bears, anywhere a panda goes, they're always on loan from China, okay? Panda bears are not native to the continental North America, South America. They're only native to the Chinese area, so Chinamen keep that shit on lock. So just be mindful, if you ever see a panda bear in the zoo, you're fucking lucky. So I have now got in my hand after that two beers, a hot dog and a pretzel for my wife, and I think a churro. I don't really remember what I got, but I remember I was walking by the panda and so I was thinking, holy shit, how American would it be for me, Austin, to walk up to this panda, fart right in his fucking face, just as a big fuck you to China, because America is number one. So I'm rearing up, I got my beers, I'm all holding them, I'm getting really geared up, I'm like, yeah, here we go, here we go, I'm hyping myself up, like, I'm talking to myself, like, man, this is a fucking legendary moment. Mind you, I'm already, like, two and a half, three beers deep in, like, an hour, so I'm kind of a little toasty, I'm just, I'm hyped up, walk by the pandas, I walk down the path, there's families around, everyone's gathered, I'm like, oh, look at the pandas, this is great, I'm like, yeah, dude, I got something for you, just you fucking wait. Go up to the panda, I'm like, this is the moment. Like, I'm becoming an American hero. Like, I'm fucking John Rambo in the trenches right now. Just shooting my arrows, but I'm really just shooting my ass gas. And I remember, I'm just back there, and I just remember, I hear a Star Spangled Banner on my head playing, and I'm like, this is it. This is the pinnacle of my life. Turn around, my ass cheeks are ready. I'm gunned up, and I just, like, remember saying, fire the fucking cannon. And I fart, but I shit myself. I shit myself right in the fucking panda, and I just remember thinking, oh no, this is not okay. And I have a panic attack, because mind you, I'm holding two beers, a churro, hot dog, wherever I'm holding, my hands are full. I got nowhere, I don't know where the hell I'm at, it's the first time at the zoo, so I'm panicking, like, oh fuck, my in-laws are here, like, my wife, this and that, like, what the fuck am I doing, so I panic panic and I set my shit down I call Madison I'm like you need to come fucking find me right now this is emergency this and that it's like I was just like where are you where I'm like I don't know where I'm at yes I'm freaking the fuck out man and I'm just like calling her calling her I'm like oh my god like I'm fucked I got shit in my pants I'm at the zoo it's hot I'm kind of drunk like I'm freaking out man and finally I remember standing by the bathroom and she finally comes up to me she's like what the fuck is your problem so I'm like here you gotta hold this you gotta hold this like I shit myself I shit myself and I remember going to the bathroom, like, thinking, okay, clean myself up, clean myself up. Throw my underwear away, because, you know, what are you going to do? Throw them away. And I just remember packing my pants with, like, paper towels and towels and shit. And Madison's pissed. I mean, she's the most mad I've ever seen her at the time in our marriage. And I'm thinking, like, she's going to fucking leave me, because I'm a shit pants. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like, well, you know, I'm an American hero. I shit on a panda. Like, fuck you, China. So, I have shit in my pants, whatever. We meet up with the rest of the group, and I remember I'm just... I'm fucking cooking hot down there, man. Like, it was it was a trek. And remember what I said? The Senegal Zoo was hilly. So I'm trekking up and down. I'm climbing the fucking Reaper with the shit sandwich cooking down there. Like, I'm making a shit salami sandwich in my pants. Going up and down these hills. And I'm just... I'm in the trenches, dude. So we finally were saying, okay, we're kind of bored the zoo. You know, we're going we're gonna to go by the stadium. Because, you know, we, I think the puck dropped at, like, 6 o'clock. And I was like, fuck, I just remember, we can't go home because we go there, we won't have time. So I don't have time to change my pants or get underwear or anything. I'm just like, fuck. And what are you going to say to your, like, in-laws, like, you mean for, like, the first, second time? Like, oh, hey, I think it'd be really cool if we go to Target right now. Like, how, how do you start that conversation? Like, 
oh, let's go to Target, you know, and just walk around the underwear section for shits and gigs. Wouldn't they be funny, guys? Ha, ha, ha. Like, no, my mother-in-law's already a fucking mess because she's walking around hot. They're not used to San Diego heat. So I'm just fucked. So we go to Chili's um, by the Pachanga Arena down south. And I actually went to that Chili's when my dad was here last. I'll tell that story probably another time. And... We're in the chilies. I'm just bacon, man. I feel like shit. I'm like four beers deep. My Madison's mad at me. The in-laws don't know what's going on. And I just remember, I was like, fuck it. I'm already here. Like, I, just, I wasn't paying for dinner. I ordered like three shots of Jameson, and I was, I was cooking. And then I remember, um, so the goals games, I think they're still like this. You can get consigned tickets from the concession stand or the ticket stand, whatever they call it. And you can get tickets for whatever they are. So I went up there after Jay, like, hey, I want to get some tickets, this and that. It's like, oh, we have nothing in a row. We have it um, back to front. So, like, you have one row and then one row behind. That's where our seats were. I recommend doing that if you're going to a sporting event. On a side note, like, get your seats. If you're in a group of four, buy two in the row in front, two in the row in back. Now you can, instead of, like, looking over like an asshole, like, leaning over, you can literally just look back and say, oh, hey, how are you doing? And you can store more shit. And when you have to get up, you're not, the whole row's not getting up, just you two. Like, you don't look like such an asshole. So, we did that. Now, mind you, um, I didn't tell my in-laws that. Um, and, of course, tell me about my mother-in-law. Love you to death, Marcy. We're here this. We go to our seats. She's like, why are we sitting like this? I'm like, oh, that's where our seats are. You know, this is pretty great. We're down the bowl. We're close to, like, probably two, three rows back from the glass. And she's like, I don't fucking like this. And she's freaking out. And then my dumb ass leans back and says, Marcy, let's just chill out and like the most nonchalant ass fucking act. She's like, I am chill. And then I remember like Brian, oh my God, he could have had my neck, but he had my back though. That's why my father-in-law were homies. That's my guy. Do anything for that dude. Like he was like, Marcy, relax. You're at the hot game. And then I remember just baking still. I'm sending my wife. I'm like, she's mad at me. I'm baking and shit still. So mind you, this is like six o'clock. That happened at like 2 p.m. I shit in this panda because I'm an American hero. And so I've had shit in my pants for the better half of four hours after going to dinner at Chili's, which if you're at Chili's, you know you're going to shit yourself. But now I can't trust any farts I do. So anytime I feel like it's a fart, I have to go down from the glass side to the bathroom and make sure I don't blow out my jeans. Because I wear jeans because I ain't no homo. So I'm going there, got shit in my pants, hanging out. I just remember, like, feeling my ass. Like, that feeling you ever, like, you just ran at, like, a mile in, like, middle school and you're, like, that one dude who wore pants. I wasn't that dude, but I knew guys that wore pants. I remember, like, your ass had to be so chafed. Like, that was my ass because I had this toy paper in there because I was drunk mess and just covered in shit. So, finally, I get home. Mass is yelling and screaming at me. I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, I shit myself. I had two for on the pandas. But I had shit my pants like, on my ass, not my pants, for, like, seven or eight hours, and it was terrible. Now, that wasn't even the worst time I've had, like, thrown up or, like, shit myself. I got a story about New Orleans I want to tell you guys, but I'm not going to do that for a while. I'm going to save that one for a spicy, spicy time, because people that know me, I've told a story too, but I'm going to go a little more in depth about that story next time, because that's a really funny story too. So, that's about all I got. But I'm going to start doing this new segment called Who Asked because I think it's fucking hilarious when you're just like, who? And you're kind of questioning. And then like they start to explain and just go asked. I don't know why. I think it's funny. I like being an asshole. So who asked? Uh, what this is about is basically a stupid fact that no one gives a flying fuck about. 
And that's what I want to share now. So once a week, I'm going to do uh, your cocktail of the week. You know, you can sit back, listen to old sweet peaches here, serenade you with my voice with uh, the cocktail of the week in your hand. You pause it, make the drink, and then continue on with the podcast. Meant to be enjoyed responsibly once again. And listen to a cool fact that you don't give a shit about, but maybe someone at work does. You want to share that with them. So your uh, who asked fact of the week is going to be about Mulan, the heroic Disney character. We're on the topic of China, talking about shit on pandas, might as well. Uh, here's your fact. Mulan has the highest kill count of any Disney character. That is right, Mulan the woman. You know, the guy who fell for a dude, pretty much. Mulan. 2,000 people. Huns, when she did the wall, killed the Mongol leader. Mulan has killed 2,000 people, so I'm going to leave that with you. Mulan's a mass murderer. That's all I really got for you guys. Thanks for listening once again. I'm your host, Austin. You can call me Peaches. Peaches and Cream. Sex on the Beaches. Signing off. Good night. Love you. And I'm going to leave all my Instagram tags in the episode description. So if you want to follow me there, hit me up. DM me. If you like the cocktails, got a cocktail suggestion. Maybe I'll put a twist on it. But hit me up on Instagram, please. That's the only platform I'm really on. Uh, I don't do social media because it's for... I don't know, it's for people that want to be vain or some shit like that. I'm a narcissist guy. Maybe I should get on social media more. But like I said, signing off. Love you guys. Take care. Bye.